0: Hello, my name is Daniel, creator of Zero Waste Daniel, a line of gender-free clothing and accessories all made from upcycled scrap fabrics here in New York City.
1: Hi, I'm Krista Rosa. I'm a television producer who is responsible for making some of your favorite reality shows. I'd tell you which ones, but I'm not sure if I'm legally
0: allowed. I'm super into sustainability. And I'm trying to be less of a garbage person. We're going to answer your questions, some about creating less waste, and some about taking out the trash in your life human or otherwise. Then, we'll review some products, trends, and services that claim to be saving the planet. Will we give them our stamp of approval? Or, will we ultimately come to the conclusion that This is is not sustainable.
1: Welcome everyone to another great episode of this little podcast we call This is Not Sustainable.
0: This is not sustainable. We're your hosts, Zero Waste Daniel and Chris DeRosa. Here we are. I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to talk about, so very quickly, we have
1: a very great guest today. Her name is Kate Casey. You do absolutely know her. And if you don't, I don't know who you are. Um, She's a podcast legend. I'm so excited to talk to her. But one thing I immediately, I think I wrote this down in our like Google Doc that we have together, that I was like, sustainability in email and
0: mailboxes. It's so funny that you can have like a trash and a junk and like spam and like all of this stuff for your email. It's like literally digital waste.
1: But it's so hard. Like there's so many emails everyone's sending. As soon as you like sign up for something, I like donate to charities and they like send me a 9 million emails. I'm like, please stop. Like I'm giving you my money already. And like anytime you buy anything, they immediately put you on the thing. I always like it's I, I the made a big opt out Yeah, I like unsu- even box. unsubscribing from stuff, it's so hard. It's yeah. just so much. It's and it's like then but then the, there's times when you do use the coupons that they send you. So you're like, I do How actually many want to unread this.
0: emails do you have right now? Let's
1: look right now my computer dry right up in front of us. I'm gonna tell you. Um I have ninety one
0: on the on like my main my main situation. Okay, on my work, I have two. On my personal, I have 910. See, like, that would drive me absolutely insane. Oh, I mean, why do you think I'm so uptight all the time? I'm literally, like, all. if I had a day off, I would clean out my email. It's, how do you, do,
1: like, I need help. And I need people to stop sending me emails about dumb shit. Right. It's yeah. always, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've tried everything I've done like unroll me and all these other things, but like, it just keeps coming and keeps coming. And I don't well, know what to do. Well, I think
0: part of it is that you are an avid consumer. That's true. And you love, I mean, like I have to watch you click those keys is like a dance, you know, me, you, like you email, you text, you do all of it so quickly and I feel like the side effect is that you get, like, a thousand emails from everyone. The worst part of it... Do I do it really quickly? So fast. Um, so fast, it's actually, like, invisible to the naked eye. Oh,
1: really? Wow, well. ew. Hmm. And the thi- w- w- you've talked about a little bit in some of our earlier episodes about, like,
0: sustainability
1: is also your time. And, like, the amount of time that I spend, like... Going through these emails to like actually find things that matter and not just like random like promotional emails.
0: Well, as someone who sends promotional emails, I will tell you, we are not into newsletters and we're really not, as I've talked about, really not into sale culture. So we're always looking for a credible reason to send an email. That's what it's all about, right? If I'm going to communicate with people, it's going to be quick. It's going to give you a link. It's going to give you a tip. It's going to give you something. Yours are very, very like to the point. And we don't over send, you know, it's like maximum once a week. And usually like... usually not once a week. Usually not. Yeah. And it's like, because like, is it a big resource for your business? Like, do you feel that it's worth doing? A hundred percent. So our email subscriber list is smaller than you know, our Instagram following, but the ROI on sending those emails is so much higher than, than putting like up a posting. Yeah. hundred percent. So what I find is that the people who stay subscribed really want to know. And so what can I tell them that they're not finding on Instagram that they don't already know? It's like a place for like sharing secrets. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're I in someone's it's like inbox. It is That's
1: like, personal. Yeah. Which just makes sense, but like, make keep it personal. Not like, right.
0: Here is a coupon for something you don't need. I am like, can you not do this? Well, and I, I don't know how you feel, but I get like, oof, I get anxious when I feel my phone buzz or I see that I have a new email. I will throw my phone
1: across the room. Hundred percent like, over this. If it's like too many texts coming through, I am like, get. me do like. That. I don't. I don't want
0: it. I don't like that. It really makes me uncomfortable. It makes me unhappy. It feels. It's. It's not a good thing. My
1: favorite, like, what I think that heaven could be for me is literally like being either in front of a television or like somewhere like out in a cute field somewhere where like my phone doesn't have service. Go to Alaska. It's so fun. Like that's what I might do. Like yeah. I need to turn my phone. There's times that I'm just coming to turn my phone off and just being in a place go, Fuck.
0: where you can't get service or where it's okay to be like, Oh, sorry, I had spotty service. I can get back to you. Feels incredible. What's really interesting about that is that when you want something, you then notice how out of touch you are and start to appreciate it more, which I think is a good thing. You know, we, we are desensitized to how resource intensive everything is to get it to us immediately. But when you step back, spend some time in nature, spend some time without cell, cell phone service or whatever it is, you really come back feeling like, wow, these are incredible privileges that we have. And You know, even though it bothers me that I have so many emails or I want to unsubscribe for these things, it feels a little more, I don't know, I feel feel like I'm able to be grateful for the problem.
1: Really? Yeah. Grateful for the problem of, like, so many emails that I don't want?
0: Yeah, because... Remember the 90s? Like, when we didn't have any emails? I would rather go back to that. I mean, I did love... No, I loved... What I loved the most about the 90s is when you would call someone and make plans, and then the next day you would just do the plans, because... You couldn't, like, flake on things and be like, sorry, I'm running 15 minutes late. You just had to be there on time. Yeah. Otherwise, the person would have to just sit there and wait. And I feel like...
1: My friend's mom used to say all the time, like, we couldn't just, like, not come and, like, not show up because someone would be waiting for you for, like, hours. Exactly. Yeah. And and I miss that kind of accountability. Um. I also just, like, don't... Like, what do I do? Like, uh, everyone out there, tell me what I should do to, like, not have all these emails. And the thing that sucks is, like... It's, like, there's things where it's, like, activism where, like, I want to be signed up to, like, hopefully, like, donate um, money if I need to or, like, do certain things. But then, like, I get an email from them
0: 17 times a day and I'm, like, I need you to stop. I am a big proponent of making your opinions heard. So I would encourage anyone who feels like that when they go to clean out their inbox and they go to unsubscribe – Send some feedback. Be like, this is too much. You send me so many emails. Right. You send me too many emails and I don't want them. Please stop. I love what you guys are doing. So, like, we actually... But, like, I actually don't want to do that. Like, I actually am being deterred from helping you because you send me so many emails. not going to say which school, but we do get a lot of interns at Zero Waste Daniel. They come in. They're, you know getting school credit for it's like a class right and they learn about being in our studio and what our process is and everything and one of the schools that has some of the best interns that have worked with me sends way too many emails like it is so aggressive with the emails and the portals and the signups and the all these things that it actually deters me from wanting to work with the school yeah and I think that that however
1: you like these people are the best people, you said. So right. It's like it's even from like having you'd rather have a someone who's worse because of the emails. No,
0: I don't want to have either of the problems, so I emailed them, and I said, this is too much, and you guys really should consider laying off, because it's annoying me, and I'm doing your school a favor, and I'm helping the yeah, students like get I college like, credit, no. so please stop
1: annoying me. And like also, I'd like like to keep this happening, but like I can't do that if I like get an email every day about like something that has nothing to do with me at all.
0: And, you know, I'm not a big proponent of taking everything personally, but I like to treat people the way i want to be treated yeah and so i imagine oh, the golden rule the golden rule so i imagine you know if i was in a personal relationship with someone and they were like you're emailing me too much i would be like oh i can back off a little but like yeah. I, it doesn't i don't need this to ruin our relationship yeah why am i i literally say what i want to say
1: at all times always yeah like in every other aspect why am i not doing that in my inbox
0: cdr make your voice Heard. I love that you made up that for me. Oh, yeah. No CDR, one else calls you no, that. Literally not oh, my God. That's your nickname.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Cause you're ZWD. Yeah. I you're CDR. Um, that's a good tip. You're welcome. Now, here's, <laughs> okay. Now, so like, I did once upon a time, like, download some apps that were saying, like, cause the other thing is that, like, Chase does not stop sending me a promotional, like, balance transfer like constantly these are the these are the companies that email that, that send me physical mail oh, yeah. every other day chase right w- which is my bank and i'm like please stop doing this mm-hmm. i don't know what to do i literally don't know what to do i don't
0: know what to tell you sending me a
1: personal thing about my own credit card that i'm like i know this like you don't need to send this to me. right
0: i'm like you're preaching to I the choir i simply already have this
1: right and my other they want me to do a balance transfer onto my credit card but i'm like but you won't let me do it from my other Chase credit card that has my balance that I use every day. So stop emailing me. The issue is that they... Wait, I'm not done with my list. Oh, all right. Keep going. Also, um, the other thing that emails me every day is um best egg like personal loans and a lot of other personal like lending club all those ones that you would like i was shopping around once for a personal loan and like they still to this day will just send me mail because right, like right, right. please get a loan
0: you're on the list yeah
1: and i'm i don't literally don't know what to do to stop it
0: um call them and ask them to stop
1: yeah but like will they listen they so I, might i downloaded these there's like one called paper karma but i think you have to pay for it now and then there's one called live green is that one uh live greens about like your carbon footprint or something i don't even know i didn't even look at it paper karma was one that was like they were gonna like stop it but now you have to like pay money to do that i'm not doing that but is it worth
0: it that's what you're gonna say to me no i i mean it's first of all i have no idea and i'm not prepared to endorse that okay copy that (laughs) so um if it's worth (gasps) it to you we
1: should do a product review of this
0: oh let's do it Okay, we'll, we'll, do, it on,
1: we'll do it in out. another. No, we'll <laughs> do it on another episode. No, we, we. No, I want to talk about it, but like, we'll do it on another episode. If we, I'm gonna look into it, and it could be something we I review. Great, because that I, is sustainable. Because they love literally sustainable send mail, and it has the little in Hoboken. You can't recycle like a a letter with a letter with a plastic, a with a plastic little window. window. Yeah, like I can't recycle that. Like I can recycle everything but the envelope. So it's right. like,
0: yeah, it's unsustainable from so many perspectives. So that. Like, Text me or email
1: me. Don't email me, but text me or like DM me with like what you do to like do this. And I don't want to put my v- Gmail in that thing that's like promotions, social, and this because I want it all to be in one thing.
0: Right. Yeah. Like that like, makes
1: me, I don't like that.
0: Yeah. The folders and the tabs is a surefire way to miss stuff that you want to see. Yeah. And like I do
1: use like the delivery.com and seamless like coupons that I get every day. Like I use those all the time. So like. I need that. I don't want to go to socials. Like, I can't, know.
0: Well, I feel like what we're not talking about that is, like, actually the hidden layer of sustainability in this is that we're all like, oh, it's paperless, it's this, it's better. And, like, yes, let's stop cutting down trees. But also, how many servers and how much energy and how much heat is it creating? How much waste, e-waste, is there in maintaining all of this email and this content and this internet
1: and not for nothing like how many of your people like how many people are getting sick of all the emails and start unsubscribing to them and then they don't you're losing a customer or right. like a patron or whatever like because I'm starting to go through and being even like political campaigns that I really enjoy or like yeah like like I'm a second away from being like Planned Parenthood like it's, I can't it's like right you know what I mean like I'm a I donate to like charities and like the ACLU, which actually doesn't send me a lot of emails, which I enjoy, but like things of that nature that send me an email every day about some thing. And I'm like, I get that like a lot of bad things are happening in the world, but like I can't, I just can't deal with this.
0: So again, for anyone listening who is on the marketing team for your company or is an entrepreneur or a blogger. Treat people the way you want to be treated. My approach towards email marketing, social media, all of those things has always been organic, right? I don't want to be putting things out in the world that don't feel like they're meant to be there. I never send an email because I should. Yeah. It's always I have something to say. I have a goal when I'm sending this. And I feel like because of that, we have maybe a smaller following, but a more organic following of people who want that content, want those emails, want that information.
1: Which is what uh, all the, like, people that are, like, at the top now, they say, like, I started, like, as just, like, organic, like, real, true connections. Yeah. And then just, like, kept doing that versus being, like, let's give every, like, I'm just over the, like, scale it up Like, a you need to post percent. every day. No. You
0: need to send an email. You need to have a deals, deals, deals every day. Like, no, nobody wants that. And honestly, I And it's I always, and find... not for nothing, the deals, deals, deals every day is all the shit that I don't want. Right. I'm of like, course, here's your nicest garbage. thing.
1: Like, you obviously I'm putting that on sale.
0: I know that we all love a bargain and it feels good to get something on yes, sale. correct. But it also feels really good to like save up for something and get something that you thought was unattainable and then have it and be like, yeah, I fucking paid full price for it. Well, and if things don't go on sale, they don't go... Like there's people that just don't do sales. Right. Some like, companies, some things, some services are never on sale. And frankly... My husband has an amazing, amazing phrase that he uses that I'm going to share with you. Thank you, Mario. I love you. Um, And he says, good customers get good customer service. Wow. Customers get customer service. Wow. And bad customers get bad customer service. Wow. Wow. And the reality behind all of that is that you kind of get what you pay for and you get what you give. And I find in every business I've ever done, sale customers tend to expect more than what they're paying for and then be disgruntled, but they weren't willing to pay full price for something. And so to kind of flip the script and say, well, you're not paying the premium, so you're not getting the premium is important. So whether it's the deals, deals, deals email that's annoying you, well, no shit. Like they're not going to give you the best quality because you're not looking for the best quality. You're looking for a deal.
1: That's true. Wow. That's thought provoking. <laughs> I got nothing else. No, that's a good, <laughs> No, but that like makes, that's like really, no, you're right. And yeah, that's 100%. You're accurate as well.
0: So I feel like, you know, if, if, Getting too many emails is bothering you. If being spammed with deals or whatever, if it's too much, maybe think about what are some of the aspirational brands that I want to be following? What are some of the things I want to sign up for? Like, is it a newsletter or whatever that's giving me something else in my day? Not... Not a steal and a deal and a Groupon, but
1: I know. But that's not what. I, like, yes, correct. I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, there's just shits coming from all angles.
0: I know. Me. I know. And I just I'm, have to like
1: unsubscribe. I
0: know. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I signed up for one thing. I can't even remember what the email was. And it's so illegal that they can just it's like so give your, illegal. it's like it needs it's to be so super illegal. illegal. And it's I, not. Oh, yet. I know what it is. That's so funny. I just bought a Pella case for my phone. I home. have
1: admired it for the past few
0: days. I really, really like it. It's cute. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, Pella sent me, like, a weird email about some other company that they were basically being, like, paid to promote. And I was like, I don't fucking want this yeah, from and, like, get like, out don't of- like- Yeah,
1: and, like, don't do that to me. Like, I, like, could be your big fan, but you're, like,
0: trying to, like, throw me into little side deals. And, like, Pella, sorry to put you on blast because I love the product, but... I think this is a perfect example because I clicked do not send me promotions yes, when I checked out. Sure did. So why am I getting that weird email? Yeah. Ironically, while we're sitting here in this moment, we just sent out an email blast <laughs> announcing this podcast.
1: So we are part of the problem.
0: I mean, we are nothing if not hypocrites, but Oh, every day I am. What do you mean? I feel like what we are is hypocrites trying to do better trying to do better that's like a hooker with a heart of gold you know yeah, what I mean it sure is so at least we're self-aware uh, a little bit all right let's get to K Casey
1: we have a we have a big one <laughs> I mean this is exciting we've got a big one um this is podcasting royalty in front of us via zoom. Um, her name is Kate Casey. You may be one time have heard of her. Maybe she's only <coughs> one of the biggest podcasters in existence. I oh. remember like wanting to make a podcast back in what 2014 ish. Like fifth. When did you start?
2: 2017. No. Five years ago in September.
1: There's no way it was that. It, there's no way it was 2017. Are you was serious?
2: It? No, I lied. I lied to you. It was 2016. It was twenty sixteen because my first episode was on the one year uh birthday celebration of my fourth child.
1: That's wild. No,
2: wait, more than that. See. Hold on. No, 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 it was twenty sixteen. It was September September 17th of 2016.
1: I think it was earlier than that, but we'll... No, I swear we'll, to God. we we'll agree knew, to disagree. You, it's you, fine. May, have, you <laughs> may
2: have known of me earlier than that because I had a blog at the time where I would do recaps of Maybe housewives. that was it.
0: That so I it.
2: So I was in the sphere bef- way before that for many, many years. I
1: just remember being like, I, I could only do something as like a percentage of what <laughs> Kate Casey does. Like, we're really like, I'm doing something. And that was oh. years before I even did a podcast and for the first time. And then... We met via DM and like from that moment, you were the nicest person, the most open person. I asked you a million questions. You asked me a million questions about shows like you were. It was really one of those things where you meet your, you know, you meet your hero of a thing and you're like, wow, this person's actually not a piece of shit. (laughs) And there's so many people that you you meet. That that. No, seriously, you meet so many people and they're like, think that they're the best thing in the world. And like, you are the nicest person that I've met on like the Internet.
2: Thank you. I the, no, but you're that.
1: like I'm, and I'm being serious. I'm not just gassing you up because you did our show for us. <laughs> you deign to do this podcast that has zero listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the you. Also, your show is like a masterclass in television. Oh, wow, thank like, you. Every show does. Oh, I interviewed the person. I interviewed the star of the show for five minutes and they give the same sound bites that they give everyone else. There can be 100 people in a room. Yeah. Yeah. We're not getting that here. We're getting on, on your podcast is called Reality Life with Kay Casey. If someone's been living under a rock and you will go to like the executive producer, the creator, the like, like the producers, you go to like the people that are like making the show just as much as you're going to the talent of the show. Right. And like, more often than not, you're, like, interviewing the executive producer of being, like, why did you want to make this television show? Yeah. Versus, like, wasn't this so funny when you, like, fell down the stairs at, on this in this scene? Like, which is funny, but you are someone who, like, asks questions that I would ask someone as someone who works in the industry, and I love listening to your podcast. Oh, that's
2: nice to hear. Thank you. I, I do feel like the, the, the cons- concept for a show is more interesting than – interviewing sometimes the person that had a really funny moment because if you start from the beginning with the concept it helps you shape how interesting a project is and makes you look at it in in a new and different way so I've always kind of thought that and I know you know the funny thing is when I pitched this idea many years ago five years ago the podcast network executive asked me do you think enough people actually watch reality tv and i was like is the is the pope catholic what the fuck are you talking about um and now you see there are so many podcasts about it my whole perspective was and watch what crappens had existed and Heather McDonald sometimes interviewed reality stars. But my my whole thing was I was just totally devoted to unscripted TV. I loved it. loved. It. I, w- I watched the Real World Marathon and a binge weekend home from boarding school. And I was like, I can't get enough of this. And so my whole thing was, what if I tracked down people who had been on shows to find out how it changed the trajectory of their life? Mm-hmm. Because I never really I mean, I like scripted shows, but like imagine you love that person from this is us, but what imagine what, what, if they were real people that you could find out what happened to them five years after the show ended? Well, and
1: you like, don't, you don't talk to them and then they go, yeah, that was a role that I played. I actually have a different accent than that. Right. And you're like, "What?" and, that, and
2: then it's a buzzkill. It's, a, it's yeah. a cock walk. And so I feel like that's the greatest thing about unscripted is that for, it's for the viewer. It's almost like that experience never ends. So if you see somebody who is on, XY show you can catch up with them in three years and and then you find out like what because sometimes the best interviews are people that you talk to way later, like Danny Yeah, like they're out of it. Like they're the out. real world. And he, he was the one that got the black eyes he was the one who was, became the accidental advocate because he was dating a guy that was um, in the military and he became the poster child for Don't Ask, yeah, Don't
1: Ask. Got it. I remember. So to go back
2: all of. these years later and go, wait a minute, like how actually did that feel? And, and he said, well, I ended up staying with the guy longer than I should have because we felt like we owed it to everybody. It's like, Oh, okay. That's a layer I didn't expect. So that's kind of like the present. You're still unopening the present when you go back and talk to people years and years later. I just think it's really cool.
0: It is really cool. I actually, I have a follow-up for something you just said, which was, you know, the, they didn't want to do this sh- or they wanted to know if you thought enough people really watched reality TV. I yeah. feel like people are always getting that pushback on great ideas. How did you overcome that?
2: Because I can easily disarm people and challenge that notion. And, you know, it's like, if somebody says to you, I don't really partake in celebrity gossip, and then you'd go, well, what are your feelings about Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt's breakup? And they're like, well, you know what I think is wrong? And you're like, I just <laughs> thought you were so about that. So the same thing with reality shows and in, invariably when someone says, um, oh, I just don't watch that. It's just trash TV. But then they'll say, you know, a couple of minutes later, but I do watch the bachelor, the real housewives. <laughs> Sometimes I watch 90 day times. I'm like, I thought you said you never watched that. Or when people say, I'm just so busy. I just don't have the time to do it. And then you start talking to them. And if you engage in conversation about like, for example, if I say, you know, the, I saw the craziest thing on Netflix last year, it was called tiger King. They're going to go, oh yeah, we've totally watched that. I watched the whole thing. I'm like, I thought you said you're too busy. right? Yeah. people (laughs) at first feel like they have, that in some way, if they watch a reality show, that it makes them seem less intelligent. And I think you have to stop thinking of yourself as like this low class scum of a person because you want to watch 90 Day Fiance or The Bachelor and start thinking of yourself as a, like a cultural anthropologist.
0: That's exactly how I feel. You're you're, you're watching so right.
2: something and you're seeing different behaviors. It's also opens you I think it's an, an incredibly valuable platform because it you know for some, let's say you live in the Midwest and let's say you're white and you go to the Presbyterian church and you hang out with the same four people. And then suddenly you're watching The Shaw's of Sunset on Bravo. Now you feel like you know somebody who's from Iran, you know what Ruse is, their, their new year, you suddenly are more interested in that culture because you feel like there's a face to it. And then you're engaged in conversation with your four Presbyterian friends. And you're like, oh my gosh, this show is so interesting. Then they watch it. And then they start shifting the way they think about it. like another great show was, um, about the Roloff family, Little People, Big World on TLC yeah, was about it. a family of little people, and people used to call them midgets, and they were used in movies as sort of like a joke or like with strippers, or it was, they treated little people horribly. And but the Roloff family um, personified the world of little people, and suddenly you shift people's mindsets, and then they become more mainstream. RuPaul's Drag Race is an incredibly effective example of that, yeah. where drag queens were looked down upon and now they're totally mainstream media. So well, I think it's like to much too much topic.
1: of RuPaul's uh, chagrin, their mainstream media.
0: yeah. <laughs> Accomplishment and, then, and yeah. chagrin yeah. at the same time. Yeah. It's like, a double edged sword. Yeah.
1: Two things to follow up on what you said. Exactly what you just said about um, when people you talk to people and they say I don't watch in reality television. I when people ask me what I do for work, I say I'm a television producer, and they say, well, what kind, what do you, what kind of shows do you work on? And I say, well, I work on like Real Housewives. I've done this, I've done this, and they go, oh, I, oh, I don't watch any of that. And then immediately after, or, or sometimes they'll be excited. You know, they'll be like, oh my god, that's yeah. my favorite show. Or you know, there is people that are excited about it, but. Um, And either way, I don't really care. I'm not asking anyone to be. I actually don't like answering about what I do for work because then it kind of turns the whole conversation into that. People will will go, oh, I don't really watch that, and then they'll be like, so like, does Dorit have any money or like, you know what I mean? Absolutely, immediately, like, like, not even like, like, not even like, oh, I read this in an article like somewhere like that. Obviously the Erica story and the Tom Girardi story is like everywhere in the world right, right. now. It's so it's like, that's something that you would, news. you would hear about even if you didn't yeah. watch, but like, they'll say like the most minute, like, like they'll be like, who is hunky Dory? You know what I mean? Like, right. and it'd like, be like, they, really, and watched. Then you're they like, really watched and you're like, oh, okay. If you
2: don't watch, why are you referencing something this season, episode four in the last 20 minutes? Yeah, like, exactly. What?
1: No. Yeah. And then it it's funny. It's With so that funny. Eric-
2: with the Erica Girardi story, so I, I've been kind of in involved from afar, I would say, covering it. Yeah. And one of my ongoing guests have been these two Los Angeles Times reporters who are Pulitzer Prize winning reporters. Wow. Who started covering it because of the Tom Girardi aspect and how he had a legal stranglehold on the legal marketplace and uh Los Angeles, et cetera, et cetera. So they started watching because of the Erica stuff. Sure. And now, now every time I talk to him, like Matt Hamilton's total dude. He's like, this show's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, I know you've been sleeping on it. And suddenly, and then Jay, the attorney who rep, who's filed suit against them, who's my friend, he says he gets so many emails from people because they're totally either already obsessed with the show or have become obsessed with the show. And are like giddy that they get to talk about it because it's like they assume that no one at the law firm watches the show. But in reality, they're all watching it.
1: That's so funny.
0: You know, what you said about being a cultural anthropologist, Mm -hmm. I feel like these unscripted shows, these reality shows, Housewives specifically, have really modeled how to navigate through some difficult situations in my life. I have watched people confront each other in friendships and marriages in relationships with their siblings and their parents and thought to myself, wow, this is like what I'm going through in my life. Absolutely. And I don't want to be like her or I want to do exactly what she did. Or, you know, it's, it's very co- comforting to see people deal with things that are either similar to you or, like you said, learn about cultures and relationships that you don't know about.
1: And not for, you- not for nothing, but the other thing I was going to say was uh, allegedly, I don't know if this is absolutely confirmed, but like David E. Kelly and or the director of um, Big Little Lies told Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon and Shailene Woodley to watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or um, Real Housewives of Orange County to like do research for like who they were going to be in Big Little Lies. Of course. So like not a big mm-hmm. deal, like only informing the show that changed like American television that tracks this decade. That's
2: fascinating.
1: Right. And like when you think about it, and like yeah. and like Laura Dern, like you know what I mean, like yeah. it is them. It's like Vicky, Tamara and and uh, like Heather. Shannon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is it not? Like, it's basically the three of them.
2: I would say more Beverly Hills because I think that Orange County is sort of flat. I mean, they're all sort of the same character. Yeah, That's and the, I say regardless, that somebody, I, I say that as somebody who lives here, I think that yeah. Beverly Hills
1: <laughs> slam
0: on yourself
2: <laughs> is a little bit. Well, I'm from Philly, and I'm still a Philly girl, so yeah. I. You know, I'll take that. But um, yeah, but I was and I was also going to say that, you know, one of my friends was a housewife in Orange County and she came out like she's yeah. got girlfriends and also is an addict. And she said you would not believe these DMs that she would I would get and they would say, I just want you to know, even I live in your neighborhood, you've never met me and I'm secretly realizing that i am not straight and i want to be with women and i just want to say thank you for telling your story because at least i know i'm i i'm not alone or or i'm or there were dan she said that women would say like i i have nobody else to tell but yeah i've got three bottles of tequila in my closet right now like and so i think that's pretty incredible that You know, people have a very busy day, and this is what they're watching at the end of the day, and they're trying to relax and unwind, and they're compartmentalizing. And so to see somebody who's willing to crack their lives open, I mean, that's pretty an incredible thing.
0: Well, and to your earlier point about the unscripted notion of it is is that for years, I think that's been happening to actors, but they really can only relate to a certain level Uh, about the characters they're playing because that's not really who they are. And these people are coming from such an honest place and coming from a a very vulnerable place of exposing their lives on television. I really, first of all, I applaud them for being willing to do that and opening up their lives to the havoc that it can wreak. And at the same time, I think they're much more qualified to get those DMs to be a support system or a role model or a leader in that space. And it's been really incredible to watch.
2: I
1: agree. agree. Well, we could talk about this. Please don't get us started. We'll talk about this for the rest of our lives. Do we have to stop? But um, we should move on to sustainability, (laughs) which is the theme of this book. Let's talk about sustainability. (laughs) Kate, you have five kids. I do. There's a lot of, like, a lot of things go through your life. What is, like, where are you at with sustainability? Like, what's happening? Like, obviously, I want to say hand-me-downs. Like, you probably buy one thing for one kid, and every single kid gets to use it before it gets thrown in the trash. Sometimes I'm, I don't know. My,
2: hus- my husband would call you call me a compulsive thrower outer. I'm I meaning like I can I like to release things. Yeah. Um. So we're constantly taking things and and you know you get something new you need to give something away. Uh, my babysitter I've had since my my son was born so ten years ago she takes regular trips to Mexico to an orphanage, and my kids are always reminded of that. By the way, like this toy you think is like like not interesting garbage, anymore. Yeah. This is going to be the highlight of someone, someone else's year. Okay. So we're constantly, if you get something, you need to get rid of something. And, and I would rather it go to a child that mm-hmm. is in need than into a garbage bin. Love that. So there's that. I like to live simply in my home. I have, everything is white. And if I was, you know, on some sort of television show about psychology, I would tell you it's because my house was very dark emotionally, but also aesthetically like brown rugs and, and, and wood paneled walls. So I knew when I would be an adult that I wanted like a very bright and white and airy house. So it's not conducive for things. So I really try to keep it sort of clean and bright um, and very organized um, but yes, I'm always trying to pass things off so someone else can use those things. Yes, we absolutely do a lot of hand me downs, and and, it, and by the way, there's almost a sense of gratification when you see your three year old wearing what your twelve year old wore because you're like, well, that t- like stayed the course, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well- <laughs> I will say it's really hard at first to train kids to be mindful of sustainability. Fortunately, they go to a school where that's a real a part of their curriculum is really nailing that into them, like the importance of sustainability. But um, in the beginning, it's hard because it's, you know, it's these simple things like, and this drives me crazy. And I think it's also because I went to a boarding school for underprivileged children where we did a ton of chores and everybody was poor and you're mindful all the time that like money doesn't grow on trees. So with my own kids, like something that drives me crazy is like water running mm-hmm. because water is expensive. Sorry. Yeah. And so if the child is like turns the water on and they're brushing their teeth and then they like walk over, check something out. It drives me bananas. Yeah. Um, Lights on. I'm like, I used to get yelled at as a child. If my mom saw me walk out of a room and the light was still on. And I know this is like so simple, but like, I'm a compulsive turner-outer of lights. Like, turn the lights out. Be very mindful of how much water you use. Don't, like, be, my oldest is 12 now, and then my son is 10. And it's like, they're in that age where it's like, they think they live in a hotel where they want to take the longest luxurious shower of their lives. And, I, I, like, I walk in the room and I'm like, you don't live in a hotel! Wrap it up! Wrap it up! Um, so, like, that sports equipment, you know, I've always saved all their cleats, um, tennis rackets, balls. Oh, yeah. I didn't even et
1: think about that.
2: All that stuff Like is sports like, stuff you for think kids. About a, oh my god! Like a big, a big family, you consume lots of stuff, so you yeah. constantly have to weed stuff out. Also, um, I think you know it really takes the village. Like the families in my neighborhood, it's you know Jack outgrows a bike, and I'm then I'm asking the Hunts down the street, does Walker need a new bike? And it's like, yeah. I think people don't realize you buy things and some things you don't use that much. So why would you throw it away? Right. You know? Um, I also think that um, it's just good to be in practice of thinking about how you could be of service to other people in your community or other families. So if you're a kid and you think, you know, I have this thing and I, this doll bed, and honestly, I don't use it that much anymore. Maybe this could make somebody else happy. Let me ask. So I don't know. I always think, I think that when it comes to sustainability issues, it's the small things. I remember this always that there was a period of time where Cheryl Crow was really good friends with Larry David's wife, um, Lori David. They've since divorced. And I'm going to tell you, this is why. <laughs> oh my These God. two. God, go on. And i, I I've love always This, this is why I love myself, her so much. If I saw Sheryl Crow, I'd be like, can we just, this is what I would talk to her about. Believe it or not, not about her- English Music career. Like, yeah.
0: oh, or it left. would be about yeah, this.
2: Right. Sure. These two nut birds, before Sheryl Crow had sons that she adopted, they did this whole campaign where it was like, let's everybody use one paper towel a day, just one paper towel. And I think about that shit all the time because I'm with five kids. Because these kids of mine, I have to scream all the time. You take a paper towel roll and it's like, there's like a spot on the floor. Reams, reams. Like they just, and I'm like, Cheryl Crow would lose her mind. She'd lose her mind. But then she had two kids and I just thought she must think about that all the time. Like, I can't believe what an idiot I was about how irrational it is to think that you could use one paper towel a day. Good in theory, but like with families, it's just not that. I mean, well, and even, cloth- with- and cl- even with cloth diapers, I mean. That's
1: what I was going to say, diaper. It's, a,
2: it's good, but it's good in theory, but it's like, here's what happens. You still have to use water to wash that shit. Totally. Also, it gets stained, and then you've got, you know, kids who don't want to be in stained garments.
0: Yeah, like poops. And then you
2: end up throwing it away and getting new, and it's like, how did that actually help? So I think like either biodegradable things now, I mean, I think technology is catching up to us, but yeah, you
1: know we've, we've been, as we've been talking to people, we've been finding, like finding that, like there are things that don't have a good sustainable option and they could be invented, but they don't really exist. Like exactly what you're saying, the cloth diaper, like it does eventually get soiled beyond repair.
2: I have a friend now who is creating a company about that's, it's going to be a biodegradable shaving, like a, uh, razors cool yeah that's good
1: because that's like a big thing like a disposable razors disposable like it's like the devil are right? huge
0: and yeah. there's a big push for metal safety razors but they're really hard to use for a lot of people right and uh, my husband does like a cue ball look like he likes to shave his head yeah totally and I mean, we tried the safety razor and I was like, people are going to think I abuse you like scars everywhere. I mean, yeah. it just like oh, wasn't, wow. it just oh, wasn't Hassan's gone through.
1: Hassan's bald and he like literally has gone through 9 million. Like he has every electric razor you ever have seen on the internet ever because he's always like yeah. trying to
0: find the right one. The perfect one. Yeah. Right? So I think like to your point, there's always room for innovation and we need lots of different options because there is no one size fits all solution for sustainability. Yeah.
1: It's interesting to hear you two talk about like kids are messy. You know what I mean? It's like there is lots of mess with children. Like they spill things, they drop things, they do this, they leave this things, out. Yeah. Like cool. it's, it is a lot, you have a lot more messes to clean up. And so it's like, you can't use one paper towel a day.
2: It's a big, it's just big impossible. Fat, big fat battle. Yeah. So you got to do the best you can, but to be clever and inventive, but really it's about driving in that message like how can we save water how can we save paper all those things like like do you really need to throw that out can't you use a little bit more if you don't like it can you give it to somebody that will use it yeah i think it's just the layering of it just starting with those little messages
0: where does the convenience come in for you you know i feel like a lot of wastefulness is part of the convenience movement Um, you know grab and go or disposable and stuff like that like and then there's this simultaneous like other pressure to do things that are more natural and organic because it makes you a better mom like where are you in between those two
2: I think where it's really hard for parents is when it comes to snacks Mm -hmm. because it would probably be much more environmentally conscious to have their own little snack containers that you use to fill up. But the convenience of buying from Costco an econo size bag of 40 individually wrapped to just grab goldfish, and throw in your full packet. Yeah, right. Is so much easier. But that's just consuming more waste. So it is better to have your own, but it just there's I think there's still a disconnect about making that transition easy for parents. I will say this though, our kids' school And I do think this is beginning to happen in all schools. They tell you your child should come every day with their own water bottle. Mm. And and they have at schools now, they don't have the old school like drinking fountains. They have actual like filtered water systems. Oh, cool. Where you can just put your water bottle up and refill. Even like um, if we go to another school for like a soccer game, there's always right around the soccer fields or whatever sports fields like a water filtration system and so that small act of not allowing kids to come with water but like plastic water bottles to keep their own water bottle has probably been quite a shift i think
0: oh yeah and
2: so, it's- so that's that's the part that's missing the water bottle we fixed that i think not fixed it but like we got to hold on it's happening now right. it's like the snack thing i think you think about how many children live in America between the ages of preschool and seventh grade, which is where my kids are. Sure. And the amount of trash that's consumed because of the snack system.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or they're on the go and they don't have, they can't carry around like a silicone bag full of their snacks, like reuse right. you Right. Know but when what we I mean? were like... kids,
2: when we were kids, we had a lunchbox, right?
1: right.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, my lunchbox was like a cookie and like a piece of what a pretzel, but like <laughs> no, normal, nice parents, they would make like the Turkey sandwich and put the, the fruit and all of that. But at, despite the fact that we advance in so many other ways, we are going backwards by offering the ability for kids to just throw in their bags, you know, like a pre the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. Hybrid and then goldfish and chips and whatever, or, or bagged, how about this? We're talking about a waste. You can go to the grocery store and buy cut up apples in a bag.
0: Yeah. And that's the what I'm talking about. The worst. You know? and, <laughs> like, and it is more convenient. Yeah. And so that's where, right. you know, we want to know what do, what do moms need? What is the, that's,
2: that would be a great solution to the world. If you're listening and you are inventive and clever, and maybe I could get something, this is, could be a good project for my son's fourth grade because in, every fourth grade or has to come up with in their teams about a business idea. And then they have to come up with um, a business plan. Can you believe it in fourth grade? That's to, very yeah. advanced. And then there's like parents that come in and they serve as advisors for the business. And you have like a three week window where you sell your product. That's so could, cool. You, and you have to build a website for it. <laughs> and these kids. Yeah. So that's actually kind of a great idea because so my husband is a, a software CEO. So he's always about like, what's the problem? What's the solution? <laughs> So I think if we could take this segment and maybe go back to like my kids' fourth grade class and say, here's the problem. You guys consume so many snacks. It's causing a lot of damage to our world or to our earth. So what is something that you guys could do that's easy to use, affordable, and parents could um, utilize? And like, that's a that would be a great solution to come up with.
0: And that is... Right there, like the intersection of all these things, that is exactly yeah. what I'm looking for, right? Because I love the idea of sustainable entrepreneurship. I love the idea of young minds coming up with the solutions for tomorrow. And I also love the idea of things being like easier and healthier for our parents to give to their kids, you know? So it's, yeah. it, it. I think it's like a win-win, win-win-win kind of situation. And that's a great idea. And I cannot believe that fourth graders are writing business plans. Isn't
2: that incredible? It
0: really blows my mind. It's, that, that's yeah, that's wild.
2: My, so uh, uh, my uh, daughter was, uh, was it last year, sixth grade? They had to do presentations on a global issue. And they all had, so I'm sure somebody had sustainability, but the great, so you had to write a whole, project you do a whole project so you had to have an introduction you had to have three main points and then you had to come up with a solution and in addition to that create a whole um multimedia project to go with it so you're explaining the problem and you're giving the three bullets in the solution so for she did because she's my child she did gender inequality um (laughs) (laughs) but i'm sure there was somebody who did sustainability yeah
0: And I think having kids at that age starting to talk about and think about those issues is really important.
2: It's great to, like, it's really good to put them in a curriculum where, or or a program or in a community or in a home where it's, you really kind of always encouraging them to think of solutions, solution-based, I think foundation is really important. I love that because yeah. that's like otherwise like we're always you know everybody can complain i mean chris knows i complain all the time I'm oh like, we just, oh
1: my god I'm you like, know my favorite yes. thing to do in the whole world stb shooting yeah. the motherfucking breeze yeah. and that's what we do Ugh. all the time complain about dumb shit <laughs> yeah but, but it's it like, feels good. But like
2: a good a good friend goes you have all the time in your world to vent but at the end of this we're going to come up with a solution yeah
0: that's otherwise I
2: mean, it's like that's that's wasted air right right I'll so you need it. to re- you need to release yeah. then you need to have a yeah. solution.
1: well and i think it's it's also that's very makes me feel good that like the younger generation is like really conscious of these things that like i a hundred percent was not conscious of when i was in like no, so, cool. we had no idea and, and
2: they're so like savvy like jack's in fourth grade and he has a green screen he can make he's like I'm basically the best video editor that you he's like you need someone i'll do I yeah he's like do don't like
1: outsource this to an adult like I yeah, child I'm like, can do you're, it you're, t- yeah. you're
2: 10 but the truth is like they're really these kids are just really savvy yeah. i don't know I, I i tend to kind of believe uh, maybe my husband's rubbing off on me in that way like i i believe that like these kids are really they're seeing the problems and they're coming up with solutions and they're so much quick quicker and more savvy with technology than you know yeah. even people 10 years older than them so I feel like we're moving in the right direction. There's a lot of garbage around them, but um, so to speak, (laughs) but I think that we're all kind of, and they're just much more thoughtful than, I mean, and maybe because we, as as, uh, we were kids, we were surrounded by microaggressions and we were blinded to other people and their experiences. And now because of things like unscripted television and media ripping the layer back on different kinds of people, I think these kids like, anything you talk to them like i for example sexuality you know i'm there are people that i went to school with that you went to school with who were who were you know not straight or they were lgbtqi in in that spectrum and now that you look back you go oh yeah we weren't talking about it but these kids now are like yeah duh like she's you know gay and she's like you know eight
0: and it, it wasn't crazy. something that we realized was accessible to us. It, totally, it was something yeah. that was somehow, oh, you know, this makes you different and it's going to be a problem and it's going to be an issue for the rest of your life and a cross you have to bear. And now, like you said, because of programs like Lu- RuPaul's Drag Race, it's, sure. you know, just a step on your path to becoming an icon. Isn't
2: that wild? Anyway. It feels good. It feels good. I feel like we're moving in a good direction. I'm not, I'm not terrified that all have horrible grandchildren yeah no that's i
0: mean honestly this this is very optimistic and it makes me yes. feel good Thank but you know listen right. but you
1: never know the pendulum does have to swing back eventually so. of course of
2: course I know. well i it's feel so like
0: true. i don't know what your experience of gen z is but i feel like the pendulum is pretty far to one direction so you know right. <laughs> um hopefully your kids are gonna swing it back the other way Speaking Without of choice,
2: I'm like a <laughs> m- mommy dearest over here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Bring <laughs> me the X. Speaking of um, mommy dearest. Okay. We have a few advice questions. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah. we're going to, I'm going to read them and then we can literally just talk. They s- might be about sustainability. They might not be. We're just going to go and we're just going to help these people and we are not qualified to do so, but we're going to do so. Yeah. We're anyway. Okay. okay. Um. First up. How can I down quote unquote downgrade a friendship that I feel like I'm growing out of this person hasn't done anything super egregious to me, but I'm clearly not the same person I was when we met and I don't want them to be a part of my inner inner circle anymore. Should I say something or just hope it fades? Question mark. What should I do?
2: Just let it fade. I don't think you need to hang a light on it. I think you just be, you know, your, your life is probably moving in a new direction anyway, which causes you to have less time with them anyway. Fulfill your life with the things that matter and fulfill you, and challenge you. And the people that d- no longer fit into your new chapter, they'll kind of fall by the wayside naturally.
0: I love that. Have you ever read the Four Agreements? No. Oh, it's a great book. Uh, and one of the one of the agreements is. You're, you're supposed to make these agreements with yourself. Like with yourself, right. And one of them is to not take things personally. And I think in this kind of situation, your actions are supposed to make you happy, right? So spending less time with this person or, you know, downgrading them, so to speak, out of your inner circle is all supposed to be in service of you and your best self and your mental health. But going out of your way to tell them you're no longer that close to me is like a very personal act to someone. So how could they not take that personally? So I always try and consider, you know, would Mm -hmm. this person be personally offended by my actions? And I feel like going out of your way just to like shun someone isn't as kind hearted as, you know, saying, oh, you know, it's nothing personal, just been really busy Mm -hmm. and my life is moving in a new direction, but still love you. Maybe we can have dinner next month.
2: I think so too.
1: Yeah. I like to call people like at arm's length friends. Mm -hmm. That are Mm -hmm. like, and it's hard to, I think the other thing too is there are some people that don't want, they like feel that that's happening and so they want to try to latch on to you more. And I think that might be what this person's asking about. Like that might be the situation. I think it's important to like, as much as it is like a let it fade, there is a point where you need to like draw a line in the sand where you're like, you no longer accept, like you on your side need to be like, I'm no longer going to like throw my life out of whack to like deal with this person or like you have to put up boundaries with yourself or like you don't have to answer their text message right away. And if they get upset that you don't answer them right away or like you are busy the whole weekend and you don't get back to them, there is something to be said of being like, hi, like I don't need to answer you. Like I was very busy and like you need to really chill the fuck out.
0: But I always feel like it's better if the person gives you that kind of that hook or that crack to then respond to yeah. rather than going out of your way just to ruin their day.
2: Totally.
1: Yeah. It's hard. People I, just, I know. I just, I've been, so hard. maybe I'm scarred from
0: past friendships, but there's people that just want to like keep you latched on and you're just like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. One Correct. of my big like friendship turnoffs is when people tell me how close we are. Yeah. That's usually you're not people just like, you're actually Ooh, close like, with.
2: Like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like when people, as adults, refer to a best friend. Like I'll, I'll say, she's one of my best friends, or one of my yeah, greatest one of my friends. closest
1: friends. But yeah. like
2: one person, I feel like is so juvenile, and it makes me feel claustrophobic and creeped and clo-
1: mm. and codependent. That's like a lot of what these. I feel like a lot of you always hear questions like this. It's like it's codependency is what it's it is because totally this person wants you to be there, everything, and like talk to them all the time, and like
2: or, or where I live, it's like. I don't participate in this but it's a lot of social media posts where it's like girl squad and it'll be 14 moms with matching trucker like, hats. Exactly. Yeah. That same mermaid and Love I it. just get creeped out. I'm like I wouldn't want that's like culty for me.
0: Yeah. I I'm someone who always struggled with being in like one group of friends. I yeah. I never had a good group of friends. It was always, you know, a couple of friends here or I'm kind of in this friend group, but I'm kind of in that friend group and I kind of have this one friend who no one else knows. And yeah. what I found over the years is that that's been a really strong position for me because those friend groups fade and fall apart and there's a lot of, you know, some like one person gets kicked out and then there's drama and and I just like to be a social butterfly. I think it's a happier yeah place and when you have that kind of autonomy and the ability to move through social circles you don't end up in as many situations where you feel like you need to push someone out
2: Mm -hmm. i
0: agree oh thanks
1: um all right should we move on to the next question
0: i mean i think that's um that's that on that
1: right (laughs) uh i love my job but i have a horrible commute should i get another job just because my commute is miserable i'm torn
2: Yes, because your time is worth something. And if you're spending too much time commuting, that could be time spent working to excel in your career or time for yourself. And you're not giving to your job or to yourself. So get a new job. At least look, right?
0: Wow.
1: I'm like, I feel like I was going to say the exact opposite of being like, you should stick it out because you really love your job and you might find a job that you hate. Is that but what you said makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I wonder, like, what is your commute like? Like, is it like it's on a train? Or are you it's, driving? It's got to be
2: efficiency. I feel like where you guys live, it's a lot like I live in Connecticut and I have to drive to the train station to sit on a train to then leave the train station to take a drive, you know, That's a train like the subway a train. Yeah, and it's just like it's just so much waste. Oh, it's time. a lot, yeah. it's a
0: lot. Yeah, and the pandemic has changed so much of that. There are so mm-hmm. many jobs now where you can either work remotely or partially remotely. And, you know, with that mm-hmm. advent, is there a way where you could be doing a similar job from home or in a closer or place? I, it, or it, ask it,
1: your boss, like, can I do that? Can I come in I three days say. a week? You know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. And like do the rest of it from home?
2: I think I would be a more efficient employee if I came in three times a week because it would decrease the amount of uh, time that I was commuting because I'm, I'm too reliant on a, a wacky Wi-Fi, And the truthfully, if I were at home with my own Wi-Fi, I am much more present to you, to my colleagues and to our clients. Uh,
0: there's a lot of people who say the four day work week is much more efficient, you know?
2: So. Well, that I think is fucking bullshit, but you got to work your ass <laughs> off. But you know, just like for me, it's about how much time have I wasted today? I yeah. like I, with five children and the job that I have, and the projects I have, I I have to be very conscious of how my time is spent. And I think the people, not that I'm saying like I'm in this echelon, but like I've noticed being around people that are really highly successful, um, including my own husband is that he is mindful of all the time that he, every hour of his day.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that doesn't mean like working like a dog every, every hour, but being mindful of like what you are doing and and making sure that it's
2: planned and okay. you're
1: not wasting time for no reason he
2: does not like he does not and he always asks me this if i if i say well I have this opportunity but it's in la he'll go okay but what is your time worth because you think about the time that's going to take you to drive and what if you hit traffic and then by the time you get back like how many hours of that did you waste and then was that worth your time yeah and like, it might have
0: the answer might wasn't. be yes sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't yeah yeah so i think what we're trying to say is this is a good place to consider your options Talk to your supervisor and maybe look for another job.
2: Correct.
1: I think if you say something to your supervisor, though, they're going to like work with you, especially now. Especially now. Only
2: only if you've proven yourself to be a very hard worker. That's true. Who shows up and you go, do I get a company car and when am I available for, or when can I get a raise? And by the way, I'm going on vacation three months. Guess what? You're not going to get that. You need to be the first person at work and the last one to leave for a very good amount of time to prove yourself before you can have those conversations.
0: Yeah. Great advice. Wow. I know you could run. She's
1: a legend. She, I told you, (laughs) I told you anyway. Okay. Third question. Last question. What do I do with everything? My kids. Oh, this is perfect for you. I think I picked this because of that. (laughs) Excuse me. We kind of already answered this. What do I do with everything my kids grow out of? I have three kids and once Mm -hmm. they've all grown out of their stuff, I'm not sure what to do with it. I don't have anyone else in my immediate circle with young children help.
2: I mean, the, the, whatever would be the equivalent in your community. Um, For me, my babysitter goes, as I've mentioned, I live close to, Mexico, because I'm in Newport Beach. So she's going on regular trips. And I'll tell you what, when she comes back and tells my kids, because she goes with her siblings, when she goes to visit them, they all go, and she said, Oh, that child lit up when you, yeah, when, he, when they got this gift that you, and then, they're, then that makes them feel like they're part of it. So I would encourage you to find the equivalent of what that could be in your community, whether it's um, a foster care program or Um, a a school that's really low on uh, funds and they could utilize a preschool that could utilize those toys or the clothing for like I said like a a abused woman shelter who who has children and then by sharing with them or at the at a point where they're older allowing them to see the reaction I think most people are motivated by selfish reasons so um, you know if you explain to even a child or to an adult like the reaction of your act of generosity, it makes them more inclined to continue to do so.
0: And even easy resources like Facebook Marketplace, you can find people who can really utilize something in need. You don't have to be selling things. You can, Correct. You, can yeah. you know, like yeah. if you're in a place where you feel like the community yeah, even if, is more spread out or you don't have resources like that, or you don't know where to start. Or there is no like shelter that you're like, oh, obviously I should give it to this place. Right. You know what I mean? Like if
2: you, Or churches. Church, yeah. Churches yeah. are always great places to, to, bring things into just even if you're not a parishioner of that you know you can go to a church and just say do you have a donation box
0: sure
1: yeah there's a shelter where i live in it's Mm -hmm. uh, like attached to a church and like i definitely don't go to that church but it's like the place Mm -hmm. where you know to like go bring all the clothing like other they take everything and they're like we'll find a place someone will need it
2: i think that
0: yeah i think that's great advice yeah But
2: also just don't forget about the foster care systems and how there are many people who take in an infant or a young baby or or a toddler and suddenly they're like, I don't have things for an 18 month old. Right. Yeah. So by helping those organizations, um, that takes a huge burden off of someone who's already having their lives really altered flipped upside down
0: by, this by bringing baby in a job. child
2: into their home
0: and yeah. for anyone listening usually your local municipal website will have resources for not where to donate but you know the foster care system or mm-hmm. the if it's for women in need or you know victims of domestic violence um and reaching out to those organizations and saying you know i'm, I'm looking to make a donation they'll they'll be able to connect you super easily yeah all right. I think we did it. So we, we have did it. a little bit of a rapid fire. Question yeah. Rapid around. fire stuff for you. Okay. And then we're done. These are easy. Don't overthink it. No pressure. Okay. 10 words or less.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm.
1: What's one thing. Oh, wait, hold on. I hold on. Let me do this again. I like, <laughs> haven't read these in like a couple weeks and so I'm like, what is this question? Okay. Hold on. What's one of the things that you've owned for the longest time?
2: Mm. Um, old, fo- old photographs of my relatives.
1: Oh, that's a Love good answer. That. What's something you use often that you wish was made with better quality?
2: Um, always earbuds. I just, they're not awesome. Like I, I there could always be a better version of it.
1: Yeah. Really good answer.
2: Great mm-hmm. answer.
1: Um, what's one modern can? What's one modern convenience that you cannot live without?
2: Oh, certainly my iPhone.
1: What do you find yourself always spending money on?
2: just things for my kids. I bet. I don't
1: know. There'll be times when I'm like, oh, we're like chatting or we're doing whatever. And then Kate will post a picture of her, her and her husband. And then all of their children. I'm like, you have five children. Like, how are you like doing anything anything that you're doing? (laughs) Like you have five kids.
2: I feel like the oldest, she's like, you know, she, I feel like I'm buying a lot of stuff for her now. She's like into jewelry and makeup. Well, she's
1: she's at the turning point of like about to be a teenager, a preteen. You know what I mean? Right
2: fully in the season yeah but then my my six-year-old is very um elizabeth taylor she likes the accessory cracks
1: me and- up her kids are hilarious p.s like love if you do not so follow crazy. this woman her kid the picture she puts <laughs> of her kids are hilarious. like the funniest things i've ever seen and one of your kids's name is sutton oh
0: love that
2: name that's the one that's the that's the elizabeth taylor of the group yeah she's group.
1: A, she's a sutton all right
2: so jenny mccarthy <laughs> has a new lip line a lip gloss line i go Jenny, do you, do you need Sutton and Caroline, my three-year-old, to model? And she's like, oh, my God, I forgot. Because they just do videos where they put lipstick on all day long.
1: That's so funny. Yeah. So cute. Um, what is your least sustainable habit?
2: Um, probably not being better about um, minimizing the amount of trash Centered around food. Okay. I think that's probably our our worst pain point right now.
1: What is your most sustainable? And by the way, because oh. people
2: in my neighborhood are like, I cannot believe you have four trash bins out every week. <laughs> and I'm like, but I have there's seven. seven yeah, there's seven out. of us. So the the house. House. we have
1: double the amount that you do.
2: Yeah, but it seems like other people have a lot of kids too, but they don't seem to have as much in their garbage that's a good thing for people to do is pay attention to the amount of garbage your neighbors have yeah
1: very yeah like in (laughs) in in relation to you Right. right
2: yeah i do think that we're that's probably the pain point right now and i do think it's more about food but it also could be the boxing dan my husband could riff on this for hours he gets very angered especially on christmas morning by the amount of wasted material spent on packaging children's toys
0: yeah That's a That's a good one.
1: Yeah. Um, What is your most sustainable habit?
2: Um, I'm not somebody who is purchasing materialistic things for myself. For me, it's more about i'm really good about making things work with my wardrobe got like, it I, I buy good quality things that stand the test of time i've never been somebody who gets trendy shit love it i'm gonna buy things that are timeless and i think that's probably a good thing
0: amazing i would agree
1: I yeah we talk about that really a lot our answers <laughs>
2: Like my sister, she buys a lot of trendy shit. I'm like, you're like, you're never going to wear that after three months from now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Next, next like season. You,
2: you, you bought six things, but how many of these are you really going to wear? I can tell you that when I buy things, I actually wear. Them yeah.
1: Like it's not sitting in your closet with a tag on it. It's like the difference no. between want and need. Yeah.
2: Well, sometimes this is embarrassing, but I'll tell you is that <laughs> Dan, if you were my husband would be like, Kate is so annoying because I'll, sometimes I'll wear a shirt, like I'll buy it and then we'll go out to dinner and I'll like keep the tag tucked in he's like your tag sticking out I'm like I'm just taking this out for a spin to see if I really like it
1: yeah people yeah. Hassan will listen Hassan is not afraid to return anything I meanwhile if I buy yeah. something like I have it like I like to return it is like a big deal for me oh, I don't know I, why. I, believe, I have no idea why
2: I believe in a return if you're if you know fully in your I feel like I I have this moment with myself where I'm like are you really going to wear this a lot if not it has to go back
0: I agree. I mean, as a and clothing by the way, designer, I'm not like
2: body odor and I'm not going to yeah, stain yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Sure, sure. So, no, sure.
1: Yeah, it's not like soiled like, and you're like,
2: here you go. Do I feel like this is a relationship that I want to move forward with? Yeah. This and this top.
0: No, I only ever want to have my customers buy things that they're really going to wear and that make them mm-hmm. feel really good about themselves. Because as much as I yeah. enjoy making clothing, really, I think my favorite part is how the clothing makes the customers feel And if it's something that doesn't make you feel good and you're not going to be beaming out in public wearing it, then it's just going to sit in your closet. I agree. Or end up in a landfill.
2: Oh, that's so disturbing. The landfills. Oh, my God. How about when you see, like, a true crime documentary and they're looking for a body and that's when you see the landfill and you're, like,
1: And it's, like, miles long and just, like, mountains of trash.
2: That is a lot of shit. And it's probably goldfish bags. Yeah. Yeah. It's goldfish bags and hacked up bodies. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: what a great, what an appropriate way to end this episode.
2: <laughs> Thank you. No, there's
1: nothing more of a Kate Casey ending than that right there. Truly.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that's the name am of the I, episode. right? Am I wrong or am I, am I right or am I no, right?
2: That's probably right. A landfill is nothing more than goldfish bags and hacked and
1: up hacked bodies. up bodies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kate, thank you so much for doing this. Um, By so the way, incredible. there's a
2: place in Virginia beach called Mount Trashmore. more. What? To God. What? Yeah. In Virginia think, beach. Yeah. I think it was like a landfill that they, yeah, because I remember when I lived there, we would take our dog there and that it was like the week that like a NASCAR driver died and there were people with like planes in the sky dale earnhardt or whatever it was like in the sky yes. but i just remember thinking i can't believe this place is called mount trashmore
0: that's insane
2: wow mount
1: trashmore i need to go mount there
2: <laughs> my, we sister listen,
1: my sister lives in virginia beach i'm surprised she doesn't know about this oh she does her. where does she yes. live um i don't i don't she just bought a house i don't know what neighborhood it is i'll text it to you oh,
2: <laughs> i live there i should shut up
1: no i could <laughs> listen to this all day um thank you very much for being with us Congratulations on 400 episodes!
2: Thank you. You're
1: a legend. I love you. Thank you. are the and again just to reiterate, one True. of the nicest people that I've ever met. Of being like, wow, you're in a position of power, and I want to be in that. And you like are were not a dick to me or dismissive. You were like immediately my best friend, and were really nice True. and so supportive open. and open. Too, so truly.
0: insightful, such great, amazing stories and. Ideas and thank you so much for being thank so open you. and I honest with us.
2: I'll cry in a closet later. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> with um, my hacked the hacked up body parts at Mount Trashmore. Right, yeah, course. yeah, That's so funny.
1: <laughs> okay, it's product review time.
0: Wait, are we going to? And here.
1: yeah, here, or go ahead, do the yeah, show it to the camera like a
0: like a. Like an influencer. Yeah, there you go. There it is. We
1: have the Mother Earth Eco Dish Sponge. Now, these are the people that hoodwinked us uh, a few episodes ago.
0: And actually, this product has the same manufacturing information manufactured for me, mother earth in Las Vegas, Nevada, responsibly made in China. Not sure what that means. We're really throttling. We're looking into (laughs) it, but knowing that going into it, I feel more comfortable. And what I will say is that I love the packaging because there's almost no packaging. It's just this paper band around three sponges that, um, they're they're sort of like loofah. They're like
1: flattened, but then you're the, the thought is that you put them in water and they expand and right, then they're
0: sponge. They're gonna, we're gonna hydrate them.
1: And so it says okay, so it's single layer loofah sponge, 100 percent biodegradable, made from plant loofah. What does that
0: mean? Loofah is like a it's like a plant.
1: There's a plant called loofah.
0: You know, I'm not a botanist, but I'm pretty sure I'm it's a, either a well, plant I or I am a, part a botanist of, on Google. If so. only I had a teeny computer in my pocket. Hold on, let's look. Okay. Loofah plant.
1: Oh, it literally is. Oh my god, wait, I did not know this. Yeah.
0: I've seen like YouTube videos of this. I and have they not. like grow them and then they dry them and like that's it. It's a plant.
1: Oh, you can eat it. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so it literally is a plant. So it's, it's part, part of a plant, plant and okay, it's cool.
0: got that like you know what a loofah is. It's got that like Yeah, that it looks
1: straightforward. There's no no funny business thing. here.
0: It's like a caustic texture. That is gonna allow us to wash some stuff. So I have some, some little like dirty dishes right here. Just some, you know. We have some spoons. We have a, cu- spoon. a cup.
1: Yeah. Okay. And we have some water. Okay. Um, so our single layer loofah sponge replaces foam and plastic sponges for dishwashing and cleaning. Expands in size and softens in water with to work like a dish sponge, but without the plastic waste. Care instructions: Rinse and squeeze, and place in a dry spot. To allow water to drain in between uses, soak in vinegar or submerge in boiling water for five minutes to disinfect.
0: Sounds easy enough. End to me. of life colon compost me. Yeah. I love that. I mean, as long as this cleans our dishes, which will partially have to do with the soap we use, I think this is going to get a decent rating. So, okay, I put it in some water. It's expanding. Oh, very quickly it is. Yeah. All right, that feels good. You oh, it's, like, answer? so
1: much bigger. Okay, it really has expanded. Yeah, it expanded a lot. Like, Here, in wait, a good sh- way. Show okay, them you're the... getting water everywhere.
0: Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> it's just water. It's how you clean shit. <laughs> yeah, but not on our microphones. Oh, did I get water on the microphone? No, but, like... You were dangerously close. Um, okay. I like to live on the It expands edge. well.
1: Like, I'm already interested because it, like, really does. You really – and it's, like, a little hard on – this is the thing I don't like. There's a lot of sponges. You need that, like, hard need, layer yes. to, like, scrape. Right. And so that's the like, thing that, that a lot, that a lot of those little brushes – like, everyone knows the little brush with, like, the little mm-hmm. soap in the handle. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but I need to really get in there, and those don't allow me to do so. This, on the outside, there's, like, a little, like, seam almost where there's, like, some hard loofah that I'm like, I could really scrape off some lasagna off of. A you plate. can
0: see like the texture of the natural loofah. and that seems. Yeah, it seems like you could get some like burnt on, baked on. Okay, grease. give me. Yeah, you want to soak me? You want a squirt? Okay, and give me a, give me a spoon, a dish. All right, here, here, Chris, wash that. Oh, all right, it's getting really sudsy with the with the soap. Yeah, this is like happening. And okay, I've got like some. From a smoothie Jesus. that I made. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely cleaning it. Right. And it's it's um nice in my hand. It doesn't feel... Yeah, it's
1: not, I'm not, like, I'm not hating
0: it. No. I'm not hating it at all. No, I'm making a total mess all over myself. Yeah, we I... didn't do this right because we're just, like, at a table. But that's on us. That's not on the sponge. No, no, no. The sponge didn't. Okay. No, let's see what Chris, happens. you're doing terribly sponge. You're so let's crazy. see what
1: happens whenever, like, I... Like the thing that about some of these is that like what happens when like food gets in the middle of that? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, yeah, that's great, but I'm just like have rotting food in my sponge.
0: Well they say submerge in vinegar or boil in hot water for five minutes to disinfect. Yes, but like does
1: that get the food
0: particles out of it? Like that's my question is like do you, how, how's it doing? Like I have a little avocado. Mm. but don't you want a normal but if, sponge? But if that would like all right, here we go, that's fine. When I say normal, I mean a conventional sponge.
1: Not really. Like, because look, like you can see through this if you really look. I don't see any food particles. But no, they did come out.
0: Yeah, okay, So that is good. Well, I mean... I liked it. I enjoyed it as well. I thought, and honestly, like in terms of what I would keep in my kitchen, like it's sort of beautiful as as far as a it's definitely goes. A- a- aesthetically pleasing. Aesthetic as fuck, right? Yours is cuter than mine, though.
1: Mine was a little <laughs> cranky, but like this, I think they all look a little different. Um, but no, it definitely like like that's better than like a three pack of like the the green on the one side and the
0: yellow on like the, the other side, like the whatever that brand is, yeah, that we all know.
1: Like that, I don't, I think it's approved. Yeah. I mean. Other than it being, other than it being responsibly made in China. Yeah. We don't know what that means still, but other than that. Use wise replaces something that is not, that's not
0: compostable. So I'm going to say. Throw away. This is is sustainable. sustainable.
1: Do you have a question you'd like us to answer or a product you'd like us to review? Send us an email at notsustainablepodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a comment or send us a DM at thisisnotsustainable on TikTok or thisisnotsustainablepod on Instagram.
0: This podcast is produced by me, Zero Waste Daniel. And me, Chris Rosa. Artwork was done by me. Editing was done by me. And if you couldn't tell, we literally did this all on our own. Special thanks to Mario and Hassan for allowing us to turn our living rooms into recording studios. And thank you to all of our guests for their unfiltered honesty as it pertains to sustainability. Until next time!